On this week's show, the Washington football team releases quarterback Alex Smith and Dak Prescott finally gets paid. In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of O.J. Brigance, the only player to win a Super Bowl and a Grey Cup title in the same city. Say what? That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 187 for March 9th, 2021. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table for me, as always, is my son, Adam. So I'm texting my buddy, right, about the franchise tag thing. He, he, for the he, Lions? Well, just in general. He, he's a, new to the football ins and outs, uh-huh. and uh, he's telling me, he's like, wow, I didn't know how interesting all this franchise tag stuff is. And now I'm just super sad because of what happened with the Lions and their franchise tag. Because we we didn't franchise tag anybody. Okay. I'm really sad. That's the point of that. Okay. Feel free to keep the podcast going. Okay. All right. We come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL to the XFL, college, high school, indoor, and arena football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, let's review what happened this past week, starting with Adam and the World of Football scoreboard. All right, if you insist, we have more fan-controlled football this week. That's right, week four of the fan-controlled league. Uh, Exciting games all around. You had the Wild Aces defeating the Glacier Boys in the highest-scoring game in league history, (laughs) 56-52. And that's actually quite impressive, considering, I mean, we unfortunately didn't watch these games this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh but to see a score go over 100 points combined is actually pretty cool to see, especially uh, with the rules the way they've been. It kind of seemed like they weren't ever going to really reach above maybe 40 points a team. Just the way, just kind of the way the game has been set up. Yeah, and two 20 minute rules, halves. And 20 minute halves, takes running clock. To get a play in. Yeah, so clearly something either a lot of these plays are like one and done, like, mm-hmm. you know, wham bam. And then blink before you you know you miss and whatever however that phrase goes. But anyway, like I mean, I'm just actually impressed. Other than the fact that my Glacier Boys lost and the fact that you spell Glacier Boys wrong in the, the oh rundown, yeah yeah I put an S to the Z. Yep, de do. Uh, it's very important to my team. You still pronounce it right. Uh, I'm really hard on the Z Glacier Boys. Um, so yeah, that's really cool for the league. I think that's a step in the right direction to delivering what fans want, which is high scoring, sure, in uh, close football games. A four point point differential yep. for that game, not bad. In the second game, you had the Zappers defeat the Beast to give the Beast their first loss of the season, thirty two twenty six. Now this game was entertaining because now we have Josh Gordon. Last week we were talking about him, whether or not he didn't play, but apparently he didn't even show up to. Uh, the campus that they're all housed at till earlier in the week. Right. And he played in the game. I believe he had two touchdowns. Yes. The first uh, touchdown of the game and the last touchdown. And the last the touchdown was with a nice hail Mary. He really reached in there and got it. Both his catches were actually rather impressive. And yep. he, 
it was cool kind of seeing Josh Gordon tweet. He had fun, uh, especially after in the NFL when he uh, wasn't on suspension and you saw him play. He was something else to watch. Yeah. I remember him with Cleveland. Uh, he was dynamic. I thought he'd be a great receiver for years to come, but with all the issues he's had with the NFL, kind of been a disappointment. You know, you really wanted this guy to get back on track, and so very cool for him to have the kind of night he did and to help uh, the Zappers pull a victory mm-hmm. over the best team in the league. <laughs> uh, so uh, the standings as of now: the Beasts are three and one, the Wild Aces two and two, Zappers two and two, and the Glacier Boys at one and three. And we're heading into the playoffs this week. They had a four-week regular season, and it looks like we're having the playoffs start up this weekend. Uh, the format is still being determined by the fans. <laughs> There's another draft tomorrow night, yeah. I believe. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how this is going to work. Uh, it's it's weird with this league because everything is so fly by the pants, right. and they're changing things. Like, like every once in a while, I'll get an update from the league saying, hey, vote on this, or hey, do this. Yeah, their web, website's been a little uh, iffy also. It's, it's, it's lacks a lot to be desired. Yeah. Uh, but like we say, I've said for a few weeks, this is version 1.0 as they call it. They're working on a lot of the kinks. So maybe we'll get to a championship this year and we'll be like, okay, that was a weird ride we took. But mm-hmm. hopefully with more fan interaction and more interest developing into this league, maybe we can focus it into something um, that's a lot more uh, understandable and maybe a little more consistent. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we, we watched it pretty religiously the first two weeks. The first couple of weeks kind and, of fell off the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, and it was—I mean, it was—it was interesting. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. I thought this was going to be a total train wreck, and it wasn't. It—it it, it had its good points and bad points. I think it's still a little too gimmicky. Uh, I think gimmicks are fine, but I think they could tone down some of the gimmicks. It even sounds like they've trimmed the playbooks down, like I was mm. telling you. I thought they should, so they apparently went with that. Uh, they must listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> sure. I'm but, sure they do. I mean, good for them. I I'm still a fan of the league, you know, despite not watching the games the last couple of weeks. It's it's just with the Twitch, it's hard to, to kind of sit down and like, oh, let me just turn on Twitch. That's just not our right uh, scene. It, it is built for more of the gamer kids out there. Right. The kids are on Twitch all the time, watching live streams of games or what have you. And for me, it's just not something I actively like. Oh, hey, let me turn on the Twitch. Mm-hmm. I so, never even heard of Twitch before this came. Oh uh, well. No idea. I'm not surprised by that, but (laughs) for me, uh, I would like to sit down and watch some more. I would like to see them branch out a little bit more to maybe uh, get some more eyes on it, not just Twitch. I know what they're aiming for. You know, that's kind of the demographic they're kind of aiming at to at least build this league up and and with all the making it kind of like a video game, but in real life where you pick the players, you pick Mm. the play. I get it, uh, but hopefully version 2.0 or 1.2 or whatever they – you know, slowly move their way towards they can open it up a little more. Cause I think this has got the potential for like an average fan, uh, like, like maybe your brother or like coworkers or whatever to mm-hmm. tune into a game and be like, Oh, Hey, it's kind of like arena football, but it's not. And, but it was fun. And maybe we can get some better commentators, maybe get Marshawn Lynch back on the microphone <laughs> a little more and let him go off uncensored. Like <laughs> I pay for that. I would even pay like a subscription maybe for even something like that. Oh, don't, don't bring that for up. For Marshawn? <laughs> are you kidding? There's not enough money. They listen to Marshawn. No, if they put a subscription on it, I'd never watch it again. I think it, it could be reasonable. Like a five bucks uh, a month for, that's all you pay for ESPN plus. Things only around for a month, six weeks. Wow. So you pay five bucks for a month of access. Wow. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather who. pay to watch CFL games. So those are a lot more. And you do that too. So. I do that. <laughs> I do do that. 
All right, so that's it for the fan-controlled football. Uh, stay tuned next week where we learn with you what the heck out of the playoffs were. Yeah, what, what are they going to look like? And, and, of course, we know all four teams are going to be right. in it. Last, last I saw, they were trying to get a vote together. Like, how should we do the playoffs? Should it be the Beast versus the worst team? Or should it be, should we just pick a random matchup and go from mm-hmm. there? So, Why don't they rock, paper, scissors to see who's going to be... Uh... <laughs> I think I think they should just have a giant plinko board, <laughs> and then you drop a football down the plinko board, and uh, wherever the football lands in is your opponent. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Well, or a big wheel, you know the the wheel of teams. You're mm, going get to get out play. of here. You don't want to get sued by the wheel of fortune, do you? <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to some college games. Yes, there's college football going on. I'm going to start with some FCS scores. North Dakota defeated South Dakota 21 to 10, Delaware shut out Maine 37 to nothing, Furman over Samford 44 to 37 in overtime. It was VMI over Western Carolina 30 to 7, Richmond over William and Mary 21 to 14, Chattanooga over the Citadel 25 to 24 in overtime. That would have been a good game to watch. Mm-hmm. James Madison over Elon 20 to 17, another close game. And finally, Jackson State over Grambling, 33 to 31. You remember that Jackson State is the team that Deion Sanders yes. is now the head coach. I heard he ran a ran down the sideline or something over the weekend. But Grambling is, a, I mean, they're they've been a, a, a great team for many many years, and I think for for Jackson State to come up with a win, um, you know. This this early in Deion Sanders' tenure as a head coach, there this was a, this was huge for Jackson State beating uh, a world class organization like Grambling, thirty three twenty eight. So congratulations to Jackson State. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on them, see how they do this summer. I, they won their first game. I don't remember if they won last week or not. I have to see what their record is. But yeah, we're going to keep an eye on that. And then there were some NAIA games. St. Francis of Fort Wayne over Taylor twenty four to ten. It was Olivet Nazarene over St. Ambrose, 40-10. to 10. Arizona Christian over Ottawa, 45-35. to 35. And Missouri Baptist over Trinity International, 24-14. to 14. So still no word on Division Two and Division Three teams uh, playing the spring. Uh, I think they are, but I just I have not seen anything yet on when they're going to start. Are they practicing yet? I, I just imagine that they're going to, to be playing, and... And evidently, you know, the Ivy League is not playing yet uh, for the FCS because they were the first ones last fall to say, we're not going to play this fall. We're going to cancel our season, and we'll we'll reevaluate this in the spring. Well, evidently, they decided they didn't want to do it after all this in the spring. But a little disappointed there. I would have loved to have seen some uh, uh, Ivy League games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think. I was hard. like, okay, come on, Mr. Brainfart. Trying to say, uh, uh, you know, Harvard, Yale. That's but, a that's a big. But all, uh, but all I could think of, of was was Army Navy. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we do have uh, FCS and NAIA uh, football being played this spring, and uh, we're going to bring you some random scores every week and uh, keep you up to date on some of those. And that's it for this week's World of Football scoreboard. In and out. <laughs> all right, let's go to some NFL news. Uh, one of the big stories this week was J.J. Watt. Hold on. This is the story you're leading with. with well, when, <laughs> when the biggest story of the week is the fact that Baker Mayfield and his wife saw a UFO. Why we didn't even mention that off the top, I don't know. This is headline news right here, everybody. Okay. We'll start with that one. Baker Mayfield and his wife say 
they think they're almost 100% sure they saw a UFO recently. It was a it was a big bright white light that was just coming straight down to the yeah. ground uh, from the air. Um, and they they told the story on Instagram and and Twitter. I, I think yeah, I saw Baker tweet it. And yeah. right off the bat, my favorite thing was one of the first big comments on his tweet was uh, somebody uh, with a picture of Colin Cowherd and a big quote like what he would say, which is, I don't like my franchise quarterback seeing UFOs. I'd rather see him in the weight room training up, studying right. the playbook. And essentially, that's what Colin Cowherd did in yeah. real life. And I wasn't sure at the time. I was like, I can't tell if Colin's doing this like kind of tongue-in-cheek or if he's kind of serious and just putting well, on a show. From what I read, he's he's always not been. Well, he's always dogged on Baker. Oh, yeah, he's always dogging ba- Baker Mayfield. But soon after Baker put out that tweet, uh, and his his wife uh, expounded a little more on Instagram, I guess. But Nate Burleson of Good Morning Football came out yeah. and talked about how he saw several UFOs at one time, and uh, he was talking. I saw a video. I think it was on Twitter, where he actually drew pictures of what what the lights look like, kind of like in a line formation or whatever. And then he had arrows pointing at first. They started out here and then they went down. Oh, kind of like a football diagram. Then they moved over here and then they came all the way down here and then they shot off in this direction. And he was serious about, you know, what he saw, but he, he had diagrammed this whole thing out on a piece of paper. I believe him. Well, I believe him too. Well, you're, hold on. You are the guy that sits and watches a UFO show wondering how, how do they turn the cows inside (laughs) out? I'm going to stick around for this half hour episode and I want the answers by the end of it. Darn it. Uh, Why are these cows being turned inside out? And then gosh, darn it. Don't you know when they get to the end of the episode and they don't figure out how the cows got turned inside out. Dad's just like, who knew? I didn't know I wasn't going to get the answers after a half hour of this alien show. Well, on to the next Alien show, where I'm sure we're going to get more unanswered questions. I, I love watching UFO shows. I've always been fascinated by the He's subject. He's also got a bunch of and books in this I, I've read several books on the subject. Uh, I've never personally seen a UFO. I've seen a couple. There there was one night when I thought I saw a UFO, and it was really funny because I was... It just I turned like, out it was a smudge on his glasses. Well, no, I was a, I was a teenager, <laughs> and uh, uh, my, my mom and I were in... Uh, uh, South Bend, Indiana, and she wanted to run into the store. So I'm sitting out in the car all by myself. And so I'm in this, you know, grocery store parking lot uh, looking around. And all of a sudden, up in the sky, I see like these swirling lights. It, it looked like they were rotating or whatever. And they just slowly moving through the sky and they kept getting closer and closer, like they were going to go right over our car. And I just kept looking at them going, What the hell is that? And finally, when they got close enough, what it was was an airplane with a lighted sign underneath it. It was like a moving sign where they, they had, you know, like a uh, bunch of lights where they could spell things out, you know, like eat at Joe's or something like that mm-hmm. or something. I don't know what they were advertising, but until you, it got right up to me, I thought it was a UFO, but it obviously was not. But that's the one time that I think, I thought that I had seen a UFO, but I really haven't. But I do, I'm fascinated by all these shows. Clearly. And, uh, and the whole subject of UFOs and, Bigfoot and what they and... are. Yeah, I like Bigfoot too, the Loch Ness Monster. And yeah. You name it. If if, if you've got a mystery, I'm there. <laughs> Help uh, donate to the Put Randy in the Home Fund. <laughs> Just send me an email. I just think it's all fascinating. Hey, I, I really I, enjoy it. I swear I've seen a couple in my life uh, in the broad daylight, actually. Like, I remember being at band camp in high school one time looking up, seeing this thing. Nobody else was looking at it, and I'm watching this dot go across the sky, and then it just disappeared. Was it an airplane, and it was just an optical illusion? I don't know. I followed it for a long time, and then just to all of a sudden mm. be gone, I was like, uh, that was weird. But 
uh, and then I could have swore, and this is the one I'm like, I'm not sure if this was a dream or not, but I remember we before you'd moved into this house that you live in now, I remember looking out a window one time and seeing a big black triangle going across the sky real slowly, and then nobody else saw it. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know if that was a dream. It felt so real because I, I could picture exactly everything everywhere in this right. in this place, and it was before we moved in when we were little, and I just remember looking out the window and being like, that's not hmm. something I think is normal, but. <laughs> Well, you know, I worked uh, around airplanes at an International Guard base for, for 20 years. Uh, I saw a lot of, you know, uh, nighttime flying planes in the sky at night. You know, I've seen all kinds of things, and I, I've never seen anything that I really couldn't explain. You know, or maybe you think, oh, I don't know what that is, but after a while you figure out, oh, it's, it's a plane, you know, going the other direction or something like that. So it's really no big deal. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being I hope it never happens, to 10 being I hope it happens, uh, do you want to see an alien or a UFO? Uh, I'll see a UFO from a distance. <laughs> a great distance. <laughs> I don't want to see it landing in the backyard, no. But, but uh, yeah, I, I've just always been fascinated by this. Yeah. I, I just enjoy watching shows about that. Wasn't there a football team named after, like, uh, aliens or something like the Roswell? I want to say, like, the Roswell something. There, there was, a, I think, a minor league baseball team. Oh. Uh, it was the aliens. I don't know if it Get was the Roswell it. or the Las football Vegas. Teams. Las Vegas. Uh, Las Vegas aliens or something like mm. that. Uh, but, you know, here where we live now, we're not too far from the Kalamazoo Airport. So right. we, we have planes going over our house, helicopters, we've, you know. Yeah, we've you also, see all kinds of things at night. We've also used, you know, we've waited for the uh, space station to fly over, yes. so we've watched yep. that before. I've got an app on my phone that tells me when the uh, space International Space Station is going to be going over Kalamazoo and when I can see it. But, man, you know, I've looked several times this year. And it's always been so cloudy, you can't see it. Yeah. It hasn't really been. We're, I mean, we're, we're too close to the airport. I think that the lights don't help. I've seen it a few times. Right well, I mean, there's been a few times. But, man, if we had no lights around, it'd be perfect for yeah. viewing that source. And you probably see a couple more UFOs that way. <laughs> okay, have we su- sufficiently talked about Baker Mayfield and his UFOs? No, because idea? you also forgot to mention that because of oh, Colin right. Cowherd yes. doing this whole rant about how Oh, you don't hear any of the good quarterbacks or the yeah. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. They're, they're all in the film room. They're not out looking for UFOs. But then Tom Brady, bless Tom Brady's <laughs> seven-ring heart, uh, he came out and said, how do you know I've never seen a UFO, Colin? <laughs> yeah. And then so I was like, oh, here we go. We got some drama. And I went, I saw the clip of Cowherd respond to that, and I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like, of course. Colin Cowherd just spun it into, so Tom Brady called me out on Twitter, and you know what I have to say about that? This is Tom Brady having fun. Isn't it nice to see him having fun in Tampa, unlike New England? And he just kept going off. I was like, oh, so he's not even going to address the UFO thing. Now it's about how how much fun Tom Brady's having yeah. now that he's not a Patriot anymore. I'm like, all right, well, I'm done with this. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious. Everybody's got cell phones in their pockets now. Let's get some more UFO footage out there, people. Come on. It can't be that hard. Yeah, send them to us. Well, and Bigfoots. I want to see all the Bigfoots and the Yetis and the Loch Nesses mm-hmm. and... La Chupacabra. La Chupacabra. <laughs> and uh, what else is there? What's Michigan at? Michigan's got the Wolfman. Um, uh, we do have something. We there, have the Dogman. That's what it is. There's been Bigfoot There's the Kalamazoo Dogman is an urban legend. I'd like mm. to see that. Not in person, again, from a great distance, <laughs> yeah, like you from said. From a great distance, yes. Okay, can I do the J.J. Watt story now, or do you want to Is talk? that the second biggest thing, you though? want to talk Dak Prescott and his mega contract? That's we on the next page. We can work our way to it, I guess. We'll, go, right. with, we'll go back on script, All right. just for you. Okay. J.J. Uh, Watt gets to wear number 99 with the Arizona Cardinals. Thanks. Wait, what's J.J. Watt doing with the Arizona Cardinals? 
We did that last week. He signed a big contract. For, oh, was that last week? Oh. Yeah. yeah, you were sleeping through that part again. Apparently. So uh, he gets to wear a 99 with the Cardinals, thanks to the family of fullback Marshall Goldberg, who played for the Chicago Cardinals between 1939 and 1943. Then, again, from 1946 to 1948, he actually won the uh, 1947 NFL title with the Cardinals there in Chicago. The number was retired in 2006, and he was added to the uh, Cardinals' ring of honor. So that was one of those deals where, you know, he he had to get permission to wear a, a retired number, and the family graciously said, yes, you may. You oh, may yeah. Or J- you're like, J.J. Watt wants to wear this <laughs> number? Of course. And, you know, and there's always uh, stories like that where uh, somebody goes to a new team and uh, they want that number. They either pay or bribe the, right, the player that's yeah. currently got it. You know, like uh, Tom Brady, he wanted number 12, and the guy was like, oh, sure, yeah, take my number, whatever. And, you know, like I remember years ago, the Lions um, – Signed Pat Swilling, and they retired unretired. Um, oh God, what was his name? Um, Joe Schmidt. Oh, Joe Schmidt, the linebacker. I think it was number fifty-six. Uh, had been retired by the Lions, and uh, Joe Schmidt said, "Yeah, you can wear my number." So they had. A, I got a nice picture of the two of them holding up the fifty-six jersey, and then Pat Swilling turned out to be a real bust with Detroit. I mean, he was a great player when he was with New Orleans. When he comes to Detroit, and he's a total bust. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, nice that uh, the family of Marshall Goldberg's, uh, Goldberg said that J.J. Watt can wear the number 99. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Maria uh, Chaka becomes the first black female NFL official. She has worked Conference USA. She's worked Pac-12 games, of course, high school. And she was also with the XFL. I believe she was with the AAF also. Yeah, I saw a picture of her with the AAF, and somebody mentioned that she was in, with the XFL. And she's also done NFL preseason games. So she's, I think she's put in her time. She's paid her dues, and uh, she's ready to move up to the NFL level. Heck yeah, congratulations. So, yeah, congratulations to her. Uh, great. Uh, you know, and, and, of course, they're they're making that announcement during National Women's Month. You know, hey, March. nothing wrong with that either. But, yeah. International uh, Women's Day was yesterday. Yep. Yep. So congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, Maya, no, it's not Maria. Did I say Maria? It's you said, Maya. You, you said, yeah, like. Yeah, it sounded more like Maria. You tried to do the accent, which you can't M- do. M A I A, Maya, Chaka. Okay. Uh, the NFL is considering making roughing the passer a reviewable penalty. Okay. I like that. Oh, yeah. After there have been saw so many some times really... when, you know, somebody barely touches somebody and they yell, you know, call roughing the passer. Uh, so We've seen stupid. there's been some bad ones like barely just touching a guy, yep. barely touching his helmet gets a flag. Like yep. come on guys, like it's been yeah. getting out of hand. Somebody threw out there, and I know one of the best times is when they announce all, all these rule changes because either we're vindicated and we're like yes, or we're like well great now we're gonna have to stick another year of this crappy rule. Somebody threw out there, I forget who it was. I was watching it suggested, I think it was. Uh, oh, and then there's supposedly talk about them going back to the old overtime rules supposedly. Which I don't know if I'm a fan of. I know Rich Eisen was talking about that. Somebody else said, maybe it was Eisen who said they should all 15 yard penalties should be reviewable because that's a lot of, of field you're giving up, like either roughing the passer or a pass interference call that's 15 yards. Like all that should be reviewable yeah. because well, 15 yards that changes games. How many times have we? You, I know the Lions stink. Everybody, I'm gonna say that every day. I know they stink, but how many times have we seen a stupid 15 yard penalty just go, you know? ruin our drive or ruin you know somebody's momentum and it was like wait where where's this call at like there was no passer first i saw no holding i saw none of this stuff like and it usually it, it is a roughing the pass you're like really you're gonna call it on third and ten mm-hmm. or, or 
whatever, like you're, you're not going to, you know, that changes the feel. It's like third and 14 and you're going to give it to them. Like, yeah. like there's a lot there and I'm okay with that. I think if they just did what the CFL does and sky judge it and everything's reviewable, I would be so much happier. Yeah. Well, the, even the CFL, I think it's cut back on some of the, the penalties. They, they, when it started out, every, everything was reviewable, but I think they've kind of, narrowed that down a little bit because i think it was way too much maybe they need to hire a competitive uh i know it sounds like uh, i'm essentially describing a referee but like a a, a competitive uh observer on top of a referee where it's like they're an unbiased uh you know or at least you watch a game and you're in a position where you work in tandem with a referee group and like you, you represent the league you represent the commissioner and say like you're watching like a lions bears game you have no stake in the game, but you're just completely watching it solely as a, you know, hey, we're just making sure the product is good for the fans and that it's fair. And, like, say the Lions quarterback gets barely tapped and they throw a, p- a penalty flag and you're in there, you're like, whoa, hold on. No, 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 you guys can't be. I know that's a weird, like, well, then what's the point of having a referee if you're not going to let them do their job? But I think there's got to be a person in there that's like, hold on, okay, now that's a little, you guys are really stepping over the line there, getting a little too... Uh, aggressive with your flags maybe tone it down or pull that one back like they need something because that's the biggest problem with the nfl and i know penalties it's never going to be perfect but there's got to be a way to rein in some of these bad calls Mm. and like especially with pass interference all these touchy feely like make up your mind why is there no consistent hey they let them play like what was it the super bowl they let them play or at least one team got to play while the other team kept getting flagged for some dumb reason like that's what i don't like is because in the super bowl we saw how aggressive kansas city's corners were being and they were getting flagged up and down what do the buccaneers do they do the same thing and i don't see a stick and flag all game long so i'm tired of that yeah well you know i don't mind you know a 15 yard penalty on something but what i don't like is when it's a, a a 40 or 50 yard pass and they call pass interference they put it at the spot of the foul you know 50 yards maybe, down the field and maybe that's something that needs to change like make yeah. it kind of like college where right. give them only 15 yards yep that's like, it. it no matter how how long the pass play was or whatever uh it's it's 15 I think yards one thing and a first if, down if, obviously if the guy catches it whole different story but yeah if you're just th- like chucking it down the field just hoping hey well if we get the pass interference in the end zone we get it at the one yard line no 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 like they should have to work for it a little more. Right. Like that's way too easy to just heave a pass out and six times out of ten or four times out of ten it's going to be a pass interference call. Like a lot of times they know that that defensive yeah. back is gonna is gonna try and stop him no matter what, so they're gonna get fifty and, yards out of the. And play. I don't even call that good strategy. Like, is it strategy? Yeah. Do, like, if it was for my team, I'd be like, oh, that was a smart play. But I think in, in terms of being competitive. That's not showing that your team's any good going down the field. You got one lucky break where they the the penalty just happens to put you at the one yard line. Whoop de stinking do. Everybody can do that. Like that doesn't show me that you're a good offense and like, okay. And the odds of getting in the end zone at the one yard line are usually pretty good. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that's something they should get away with. Like just get rid of it. Like you, I know there's been a lot of times, Hey, it's good when it's with your team, bad when it's against your team. It's just, it's a momentum killer. And it's just, I don't think it's appealing at all. Like, there's no, it's like an, uh, it's like one of those Uno cards where you're just like draw adding draw fours on top of each <laughs> other, and 
you're like, well, hold on, like, why are we stacking all these draw fours? Like, this is this isn't how the game's supposed to work. Like, you get one draw four and you draw your four cards. It should be here's a 15 yard penalty and that's it. Not oh, here's a 60 yard penalty because you had a pass interference call at the in the end zone down the field. When did this become Uno talk? I, you try coming up with analogies on the fly, old man. Well, I, I just yeah, you couldn't think of one better, could you? No, I just think it's a good idea that they're going to, or at least they're considering making roughing the passer a reviewable. See, oh, I thought because you were because at least that way, the referee will will be thinking in his mind, okay, it's got to be something really good, otherwise it's going to get overturned. So he won't call the ticky tack ones, but he will call something major. And if they want to review that, fine, but. I thought you were going to say it was a good idea to stack draw fours on top no. of each other in Uno. No. The Washington football team has released quarterback Alex Smith. Uh, I think it's a real shame, but I kind of understand where they're at. Uh, but what do you think? Do you think another team will pick up Alex Smith? Uh, it's tough. Uh, I think if he feels like he can still play, go for it, Alex. But I think you've proven that you know you came back from the injury. You played. You looked good at, yeah. at, at a couple of points. He was the story of the season, I think. Yeah, I mean, comeback. obviously, he won Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. What he did was remarkable, yep. and I I don't know if we'll ever really see a story quite like it. It's going to be rare if it is. But I understand from a football perspective, if you're Washington, you, you just got rid of uh, your rookie quarterback from last year, your first-round pick. You got rid of yep. him. Now you got this veteran, and you got some other younger quarterbacks you'd like to see or bring up, and a 30-something-year-old uh I won't say bum-legged, but, you know, guy who's been banged up, right. literally just came back from an injury that almost killed him. Yeah, it, You can't build your franchise around him for the next 10 years, unfortunately. Uh, it, is he even a viable stopgap? Maybe, but I think the smart play is to move on and – Start. You got to start young and working them. You know, working well, them. I say get another. You but, know, draft but, a quarterback and and let Alex Smith play. In the but meantime. they got a couple of that Heineke guy looked good, and you can't. You, there's only so many guys you can keep on your roster. Yeah. And with Alex Smith, I mean, like I said, if he wants to still play, I hope a team look at least gives him a legitimate look. Sure. Like some of these teams who sure. don't have a quarterback or who get a rookie quarterback and say, "Hey, look, eventually we're going to go to the rookie." But Mr. Smith, if you feel like you can do it. Maybe we'll put you in a starter role, kind of like what Fitzgerald did or Fitzpatrick did down in Miami with uh, Tua. With Tua. So we'll see. I, I wish nothing but the best for that guy because heck of a story. Yeah. And I mean that that's going to be an all timer. Yeah. And it, just in terms of comeback stories, wait. Like, I'm sure we'll see a movie about him. <laughs> yeah, could be. All right, from the agony of getting released to the ecstasy, Dak Prescott, who will turn. The Hold right on. Old... How long did you work on that transition? Because uh, that was pretty good. I wrote it down while you were talking. Are you serious? Yeah. Let me see the notes. Let me see. Hold on. I'm looking at his notes from <laughs> Aoni to yeah. I can read a- my handwriting. To you, your handwriting is awful, yeah. by the way. Uh, but he did write something down that was yeah. sort of legible. Uh, Dak Prescott, who will turn the ripe old age of 28 in July. Ah, to be young again. Signs a four-year, $160 million contract. With the Dallas Cowboys, with one hundred twenty-three million dollars guaranteed, and on top of that, he also gets a sixty-six million dollars signing bonus just for 
taking a pen and signing his name. Right, and he's going to get paid like $70 million in his first yeah. year of this contract. This yeah. is nuts. And, th- and that $66 million signing bonus is an NFL record. I think the guaranteed money is also a record. Mm. And and I think you said that this is the second biggest uh, I think it's right record? behind uh, Mahomes. Okay. He, he passed Russell in terms of, I think, yearly uh, pay. Mm. Um yeah, this this is contract is ridiculous for for a guy that didn't even finish the season last year. Uh, you know, we don't know how good he's going to be next year, uh, based on you know the recovery from that injury. Uh, I I think they way overpaid, but you know that's the Dallas Cowboys. Well, I don't, and it's not just the Dallas Cowboys. That's the market for quarterbacks, unfortunately. Like yeah. once one guy gets paid, we. Ever since we started this podcast, we've said once one guy gets paid, it ain't going to be long till we get the next right, one. Right. Yeah. I'm sure if you went back and counted all the times we had a new highest paid quarterback, it's changed eight to nine times, and it stopped at Patrick Mahomes because ain't nobody getting paid more than Patrick Mahomes for well, the foreseeable future. What was uh, Matthew Stafford's contract a few years? Forty five million, something like that. And that was the record that he was the highest paid quarterback. And at not that even time? like a couple months later, what was Aaron Rodgers? Came yeah, in? it didn't last very long, but. Yeah, forty-five million. Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan was right before Matt Stafford, and we've we've cycled through now. Matt now Matt Stafford's contract's a bargain. Yeah, Uh, I don't even think he's pulling in thirty mil a year. Technically, I think he's pulling in like a twenty mil a year contract. And here, Dak gets sixty-six million just for signing his name. Shoot, I'm I ain't even going to get a few thousand for the work contract we're about to sign. Yeah, you may be going on strike here in a couple weeks if your factory doesn't uh, straighten up. We shall see what they do. I know this job ain't paying me nothing. <clears throat> I'm thinking about walking right out the door. Mo- I, moving on. I'm gonna actually. You know what? Let me get my picket side. I'm just gonna sit right outside your recording booth. Oh. I'm gonna demand better pay. T W O F unfair. Better <laughs> hours and uh, health benefits, please. Oh. And a. I got a box of band aids. And a turkey sandwich every time I show up. The charge and a coke. Make sure it's a coke, not a diet. I don't want of that crap. The Only chargers. the best for the co-host. Interrupting Randy before he speaks. The Chargers' former stadium in San Diego is being torn down. Did you see the picture of that? Uh, there's like only one section of one end zone. From Qualcomm? So nah. The rest of it is just all rubble. It's, I hate to see that, but you know they don't have a team. They, they were complaining about it when they well, were Well, good still luck there. luring a team back, San Diego. Yeah. But that, that stadium had hosted three Super Bowls yeah. over the years, and... It, yeah, I really wish that the Chargers would move back to San Diego. I don't know if there's any plans to try and fund a new stadium to try and lure them back. Not with that uh, cathedral they got there in Los Angeles. Well, they ain't leaving anytime that's, soon. That's true. They got the nicest stadium in the league. And, shoot, we saw the behind-the-scenes stuff of all that. Their locker yeah. room looked great. Yeah. Well, their facilities look great in Los Angeles. I think that's going to be their home for... Well, the rest of your life, well, I don't could, see him moving again, be. even in my lifetime. Could be, but it just yeah, it was just sad to see the stadium just a big, big pile of rubble and just one one section, you know, and some some stadium. I'm telling you, someday I would love to see the NFL finally sanction a developmental league of their own with the NFL Shield on it, and go to some of these cities that used to have NFL teams. Go back to your San Diego's. Go back to your Oakland's. Go back to your St. Louis. St. Louis's. Like, let's put some teams in places, you know, that, that have a history with you. Have NFL. a history. Keep them in the family. Sure, they might not be the top tier NFL teams, but you know, you give them a nice developmental team, uh, give them a new name, a new identity, and bring football back to these cities that loved football and that were there to support you. Like uh, lowercase NFL number two, uh, like the AF two from the I'm AFL. thinking. Uh, 
the NDL, the National Developmental League. Yeah. Or the I'm sure they hold on, the NFL's got like the best marketing people in the world. I'm sure they could figure something out. Just the NFL logo with a number two uh, written over it. You know, like in NFL second class. No, NFL they, they don't do anything second class. I already got it. It's gonna be the Silver League. Silver League. Because the NFL is uh the gold standard, so the oh. Silver League will be the next step down. Wow. Don't mar- don't send all the checks at once, there, Mister Goodell. <laughs> I better mark this for the uh, year-end show. <laughs> Hold on, this whole show is—I've given you nothing but gold. You might as well save everything I do. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Kansas City Chiefs have sold the naming rights to their home turf. Oh gosh. Which will now be called G E H E Field at G E H A G E H A Field at Arrowhead Stadium. That stands for Government Employees Health Association. Wow. Uh, it's the company that the company is the team's provider for health, dental, and vision plans. Now, when I was working for the government, uh, this was one of the health care plans that I could have signed up for. Every year you're given an opportunity to switch health providers. We stuck with one company for many, many years and uh, we were pretty happy. But every year they'd have representatives from all these different um, uh, insurance companies trying to get you to join their uh, thing. And, we, and you know, we looked every couple of years to see what kind of benefits uh, we're getting, uh, what, how does it compare to what we've currently got. And we just didn't like them as much as we did. But yes, this, this was an actual government employees health association uh, health plan. So uh, when I saw them, I, I thought, wow, is that, is that the same thing? And then, yeah, it was. But I just, I hate that. I hate the naming of the field, and especially G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead Stadium. Look, a team. Terrible, terrible name. These are hard times that the NFL is going through. You know, instead of making their billions of dollars, they're only making some billions of dollars. So they got to make up losses of revenue somehow, and the Chiefs say, well, we're still Arrowhead Stadium, but we'll, we'll at least let them name the field. It's just like when the Rampage, remember, they had, uh, yeah, what was it? Hummer uh, Field. Altel Wireless field at the van andel arena or something yeah. like that and, and then they have hummer hummer vehicles as a nah, somebody was, did somebody in the afl did i don't remember but um, I, I just remember the rampage had centennial wireless field yeah, and at something field for a for a small arena team you know they need every dollar they can get that's does, true does the nfl really need or the chiefs really need another sponsor to uh, uh if you ask put their name the nfl the answer is yes you can never have too many sponsors yeah, yeah. i just I, I don't like the name um, but. hey as long as they're not putting all those sponsors on their uniforms like a uh oh, yeah a european <laughs> football team or a nascar <laughs> or the nba where all i see are different sponsors on their uniforms which i can't believe even an nba team has to do yeah. and the nhl was talking about putting the stickers on the helmets of sponsors mm-hmm. or whatever. No, 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 no! Not in the NFL. The the day they start doing that is where I will lose any shred of respect for the NFL, which I barely had. <laughs> well, many years ago, I was. Oh, I was. We're, I was. We're deployed. running out of time, everybody. I was deployed to Italy for. A, you can like the world of football on Facebook, and. <laughs> I was having a conversation with the guy that ran the hotel we were staying at in Italy when I was there with my guard unit, and uh, he was he was a big uh, basketball fan. And he they was call a, it basketball over in Europe. Yes, and, and so he was asking me questions about uh, NBA teams, and, uh, and you know, and so I'm telling him some of the names, and and one of the questions he asked was, and and who's the sponsor? I said, what do you mean who's the sponsor? Yeah, what what sponsors do they have on their uniform? Because that's that's all you know. The, the soccer in in Italy is right. uh, the one team I think from Milan. Their their sponsor was Opel. Uh, 
automobile car or something. And so you know, every team had a, a, a corporate sponsor and that was, you know, their logo on their uniform. And I said, no, we they don't, you know, the NBA doesn't really have sponsors on their uniform. They have sponsors, but they don't, they don't put the patches on the uniform. At least at that time. And did. he was, yeah, and he was really surprised that they don't, they don't do that. I said, no, they just, you know, got the city name and their number and their name on the back. And that's it. And he's like, wow, <laughs> he couldn't believe it. So. Okay, wow, great, yeah. uh, great story, everybody. Let's add yeah. that to the end of the year thing. Where okay, I, so, just a bunch so of to recap, crickets. Uh, G E H A Field at Arrowhead Stadium. I hate it. Yep, hated it. Not surprised. Moving on to a little bit of high school news here. I, f- I found this today, and I thought it was fascinating. The John Muir High School Mustangs and the Pasadena High School Bulldogs will play their spring home football games at the Rose Bowl. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I could not believe that. Uh, those those games are going to start up later this month, and I just remember uh, some some years ago I was doing stats for you know, your local high school. You had already graduated, but your two brothers were in the band, and at that time everybody in our conference, our, our high school football conference, uh, I think there were ten teams. For a couple of years, everybody had their home. Uh, the first game of the season was all played over two days at Western Michigan University. And I thought that was the most awesome thing for those kids to go into those locker rooms at a, at a big-time college stadium, uh, get to play on that field. Uh, you know, of course, it was you know hardly anybody there. with just parents and a few fans. But, I mean, what a thrill for those kids to play there. Right. And the kids in the band got to march on that, that great uh, field of theirs. Yes, and I was doing stats for the, the high school team, so I was up in the press box at Western Michigan University. It's not the Rose Bowl, sure, but it's the biggest thing we've got around here. And I just it was great, a great experience for me. I thought it was great for all the players and the kids in the band and everything. And so for these two schools to be playing in the Rose Bowl, for a couple of games, uh, and they're actually going to play each other later on this season. So uh, this is just awesome. I, I thought that was a great story, and uh, maybe we'll see some pictures from some of those games uh, in the near future. Yeah. Okay, moving on to Peyton's Places on ESPN+. Plus. Episode 15 came out this Sunday, and it was called Farewell to Football. And it was basically a conversation that uh, Peyton ha- Manning was having with his brother Eli, and they were showing a lot of highlights of a lot of Big name players that you know they don't they don't play forever, so they all had these retirement speeches. Uh, there was John Elway, and there was Brett Favre, and uh, just a, a whole lot of players that were all all basically bawling their eyes out when they were saying, you know, I had a great career here, I love this city, blah blah blah. Uh, Hold on, know. did they show all three of Brett Favre's retirement speeches? Uh, they <laughs> they showed a couple of them. I don't I don't know about the the Jets one, but yeah, uh, uh, the the Green Bay and uh, and I think the uh, Minnesota. Minnesota one. But you know, it it was very interesting. You know how they they talked about you know how hard it is to leave the game and you do all this stuff. But did what they, I, did they show Calvin Johnson's letter? No. <laughs> or Barry Sanders? No. Uh, newspaper no, clipping. Yeah, no, the letter that Barry faxed to the Oklahoma uh, newspaper right. and got on a plane and went to England to get away from the press. No, they didn't talk about that. But it was an interesting episode. Um, but at the end of the episode, uh, Eli was saying that uh, he's going to be getting his own show on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, great. It's going to be kind of like Eli's Peyton, places? Peyton's show, but it's, it's all going to be about college football. Oh, great. Now, I don't know if this is real or not. You know, they made it sound like this was a legit thing. And I'm thinking to myself, I would watch that. You know, because he said he was going to be going to major college uh, football 
programs and they were going to talk about some of the great places in college football history and i'm like that is fantastic but then i thought maybe they're just bs and i don't know if this is true or not and i have not seen anything in fact i even posted a clip on our twitter page where at the end of the show they're actually talking about this and i cannot tell if this is legit or not i want it to be legit because i'm already paying for espn plus i'd love to have another show to watch i'm already watching one manning brother i should watch the other <laughs> one too sure you you watch uh, eli in the fall doing college stuff and then uh and Peyton doing Peyton, Peyton in the spring doing NFL stuff. So I, I don't know, but I, I think it's a, a fantastic idea. I just hope it's real. All right, let me just do a quick live Google search for Eli's places. <laughs> yep, Eli Manning and reveals he is hosting his own show on ESPN Plus. USA Today, New York. Well, I know a lot of places are covering it, but but at the at the time when you watch it you you, you cuz wow. you know Peyton Manning he's always doing some kind of gag or something like this and he he plays it straight and he's uh it makes you think that it's real when he's just kidding around but yeah I'm if this is real I'm <laughs> I'm totally into it I think that'd be great and and Peyton was joking with him about hey you know just because you know I'm doing this you don't have to you don't have to you know do the same thing <laughs> it was it was funny okay moving on Arena Football TV on YouTube. They posted a couple of new games this week. Nashville Cats at the Tampa Bay Storm. That was from the 2000 season. And then they had a couple of uh, games that I guess had already been posted, but they, they put a, a more cleaned-up version of these games. Yeah. Uh, and they're both from 1994. And I can imagine you know, the uh, yeah, from an old VCR transfer, that or whatever. Uh, but uh, the Albany Firebirds at the Charlotte Rage from 1994. And the Massachusetts Marauders at the Charlotte Rage, also from 1994. I think they were like successive weeks, like week, week one was week 12 and one was week 13 of that season. But they're cleaned up versions, so I'm sure they look a lot Makes better. Makes it sound and, like they just got rid of all the swearing. Well, <laughs> I think they might have added some stuff, too, that weren't in the you know, broadcast that they put up earlier. But, but very cool. Yeah, those would be yeah pretty cool because the Massachusetts Marauders, supposedly, that's the team that moved to Grand Rapids and became the Rampage, even though the league it's never a, really... I was going to say, everybody says supposedly. But... Well... That's that's exactly what happened, but the league doesn't see it that way. The league says that the Rampage were an expansion team, hmm. so, but but I mean they, their assets came from Massachusetts. I don't know. We do have three obituaries this week to talk about, and this is where we take a moment to honor those who've made the world of football a better place. And the first one is Maurice Mo Forte, who coached in college and in the NFL. He's passed away at the age of seventy-three. Forte was a running back uh, in college at the University of Minnesota. He began his collegiate coaching career as an assistant coach at the University of Minnesota in 1970. He also served in as, as an assistant at Duke, Michigan State, and Arizona State before becoming the head coach at HBCU's North Carolina A&T. Forte was at A&T. Uh, oh, he was the A&T head coach from 1982 to 1987. He then spent seven seasons as an assistant coach of the NFL's Denver Broncos from 1988 to 1994. He also spent two seasons as an assistant coach with the Detroit Lions in 1995 and 1996 before becoming the Norfolk State head coach from 1999 to 2002. In 2004, he accepted the head coaching job at Arkansas Pine Bluff, and he coached there through 2007. 
Our next obituary is that of Chris Schultz, who was a tackle in the NFL and the CFL and has passed away of a heart attack at the age of 61. Schultz played college football at the University of Arizona and was selected in the seventh round of the 1983 NFL Draft by the Dallas Cowboys. He played for the Cowboys from 1983 to 1985. He then signed with the CFL's Toronto Argonauts in 1986. Being a Canadian, Schultz had also been drafted by Toronto in the first round of the 1982 CFL draft. He played in Toronto from 1986 to 1994 and won a Grey Cup title in 1991. He was named to the Argonauts all-time team in 2007. After his playing career was over, Schultz went into radio for a while, then spent 20 years as an analyst for the Canadian Sports Television Network, TSN. He spent the last two seasons as a color commentator on the Argonauts radio broadcast. Schultz was inducted into the Ontario Sports Hall of Fame in 2016. And finally, Zeke O'Connor, who played end and defensive end in the AAFC, the NFL, and the CFL, has passed away at the age of 94. O'Connor played college football at Notre Dame and was selected in the 18th round of the 1948 NFL Draft by the Los Angeles Rams. He did not sign with the Rams, however. Instead, he signed with the NFL rival All-America Football Conference. He played for the Buffalo Bills in 1948 and the Cleveland Browns in 1949, winning an AAFC title with the Browns in 1949. He also played for the NFL's New York Yanks in 1951 before heading north of the border. He played in the Canadian Football League for two seasons with the Toronto Argonauts in 1952 and 1953. He won a Grey Cup title with the Argonauts in 1952, catching the game-winning touchdown pass. From 1956 to 1981, Connor was a color commentator on Grey Cup broadcasts. All right, and finally we have... Birthdays for today, March 9th, Brian Bosworth turns 56 years old today, played his college football at Oklahoma, and he won a national championship with the Sooners in 1985. He was the first overall pick in the 1987 supplemental draft by the Seattle Seahawks, where he played from 1987 to 89, and then uh, a chronic injury ended his career after only three seasons. I know he had a short career, but I didn't realize it was only three years. And I don't think he played much in that third year either. Um, but after that, he went uh, into acting. Uh, he appeared in a lot of stuff I've never heard of before. I looked him up on IMDb, and there were just so many things that he'd done, you know, TV shows and movies, and I'm like, I've never heard of any of these shows. I've never heard of any of these movies. But he was in The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. And you've seen that? Yes, uh, the 2005 edition of that movie. But, uh, yep, uh, Brian Bosworth, The Boz. Uh, turns 56 today. And then finally, end and defensive back Neil Armstrong, uh, not the astronaut, but uh, a football player. Born on this date in 1906, he died in 2016 at the age of 90. He played college football at Oklahoma State and was the eighth overall pick in the 1947 NFL draft by the Philadelphia Eagles, where he played his entire short career from 1947 to 1951. And those are just a couple of today's birthdays. Okay, well, you've been looking at your phone. Yep. Any news to, uh, any more UFO sightings? Nope, none of the, none that I could find. Uh, okay. I think only a few teams have used that franchise tag this year, so. Mm. 
Yeah, it's too Might have bad. to have a rundown of that next week. Yeah, it's too bad that the Lions are not going to use it on Kenny Galladay. It's, and they didn't even between losing Galladay and Stafford, man, that's that's most of our offense. Number one pick year. 2022, yeah. here we come. Wow. Okay, well then let's move on to this week's two-minute history lesson. And this week we have a story about O.J. Brigance, the only player to win a Super Bowl and a Grey Cup in the same city. Linebacker O.J. Brigance holds a distinction in pro football that may never be equaled again. He played college football at Rice University in Houston, but was not drafted by an NFL team. So he went up to Canada and began his pro football career playing for the British Columbia Lions from 1991 to 1993. He also played for the CFL Baltimore Stallions in 1994 and 1995, winning a Grey Cup title for the city of Baltimore in 1995. It is the only American city to ever win a Grey Cup championship while the CFL was experimenting with a three-year U.S. expansion in the 1990s. After winning the Grey Cup, Brigance went on to play seven seasons in the NFL. He played for the Miami Dolphins from 1996 to 1999, the Baltimore Ravens in 2000, the St. Louis Rams in 2001, and the New England Patriots and the St. Louis Rams in 2002. During his one season with the Ravens, he won an NFL title when the Ravens defeated the New York Giants 34-7 in Super Bowl 35. Now, many players have won both Grey Cup titles and Super Bowl titles during their playing careers, but O.J. Brigance is the only player to have ever won both an NFL and a CFL title in the same city. Had it not been for the CFL expanding into the United States and placing a team in Baltimore, there would not have been a U.S. Grey Cup champion. And if Cleveland Browns owner Art Modell had not moved the team to Baltimore in 1996 to replace the Baltimore Colts, the city would not have won a Super Bowl in 2000. Today, Brigance is battling ALS, but he also holds the position of Senior Advisor to Player Engagement with the Ravens. So the next time you think about the 1995 Baltimore Stallions, champions of the CFL, and the 2000 Baltimore Ravens, champions of the NFL, remember the only player who has won titles on both of those Baltimore teams, linebacker O.J. Brigance. Yeah, when you first said that this was going to be your history lesson, uh, and you said what the prompt was, I really did go, wait a minute, that's easy to figure out, because there's only one one city that has an overlapping NFL-CFL connection, right. really, and that's Baltimore, yeah. Maryland. Well, they also had a USFL title with the Baltimore Stars in 85, but he didn't play on that team. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting that, that probably nobody's ever going to... Uh, accomplish that again because there there aren't any cities yeah, that have nfl and cfl teams not right now never have been and it was just the one time till the nfl moves into toronto and yeah that's true that's true <laughs> they've talked about that before the international i don't see it happening i really don't okay upcoming events uh adam wants me to yes, read this every time april 5th aaron Rodgers begins hoping hosting just <laughs> jeopardy for 10 shows uh, they just started uh, Katie Couric last night. We watched her for a little bit. She was okay. How was that? I'm just okay. Yeah, okay. Um, we all know so. Aaron Rodgers is going to kill it. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, let's see. April 29th through May 1st, the NFL Draft. Jacksonville currently holds the number one pick. And the CFL Draft will be right about the same time. No official date has been set, but it's uh, end of April, early May. Uh, and Hamilton, Hamilton Tiger Cats had the number one pick in that draft. So things to look forward in the next month or so. Yeah. All right. Um, anything you want to say before we close? Uh, the truth is out there, everybody. That's what I got to say. Well, that's all the time we Insert have for this X-Files week. Insert X-Files music. <laughs> if you learned something from today's podcast about UFOs or anything else. Bigfoots, Loch Ness Monsters. <laughs> or about the, the Dog incredi- Man. Or about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football, then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com slash UFO. For news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more, our email address is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can also follow the World of Football on Facebook, TWOF Kalamazoo. We post a lot of unique uh, links, stories, pictures, and uh, probably some other nonsensical stuff. Now probably UFO crap for all I know. <laughs> Conspiracy theories, I'm sure you know, you'll just go down a rabbit hole with Randy there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Twitter. Follow us at TWOF Kalamazoo. Again, uh, Randy over there. Takes good control of that. Posts a lot of great stuff. Uh, usually, he, you know, he knows how to work that retweet button. I'll give him that. Uh, ten thousand. You have ten thousand tweets. We just ten thousand. Not not a whole lot of original followers for me, but but no uh, tweets. Oh, re- retweets. And that's things. the easy part. Tell me when you got ten thousand followers. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. But no, yeah, still that's a lot of tweets. That, that means that's a lot of you sitting at your computer going. <sighs> Oh, that's click, interesting. Click, People should click, know this. Click, <laughs> click, retweet, no, retweet, I'm, retweet. I'm fussy about what I retweet. It's got to be. Did you retweet about the UFO unique. thing? Yeah. Um. Actually, no, I did not. Because when go. I was looking up the story, I was looking to see if I retweeted For it. And I, I couldn't shame. find it again. Uh, the the official stance of the World of Football uh, podcast is that we stand with Baker Mayfield and those who have spotted UFOs. Uh, if you have also spotted a UFO, please share your story with us. We are very curious to, well, he's very curious to hear it. Are I will done? have my head stuck in the Are you done somewhere. with your part yet? Uh, no, what else do I have to read? <laughs> I was like trying to do it without looking at the paper. Oh, yeah, new episode to this podcast, this train wreck of a show, posted every Tuesday, unfortunately. Uh, if you're re- really willing to subject your ears to this. Uh, we're available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. I don't know why any of these places took us. Uh, so subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think from there. I know he doesn't look up our reviews or something. We could probably have a whole stack of reviews that we don't even know about, and he doesn't even look it up. <laughs> Do you look it up? Uh, every once in a while. How? When was the last time? Um, Four months ago? Five no, months ago? A maybe, year ago? Maybe a month ago. Uh-huh. All right. Well, come be a part of the football <laughs> conversation, everybody, or the UFO conversation. I'm sure Randy right. would love that. And remember, folks, some people may love football or and, UFOs. Uf- and UFOs more than we do, but nobody loves more football and less and UFOs, UFOs than me. Than we do. <laughs> Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. And UFOs. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And the dog man is out there, everybody. We all know it. I've seen the t-shirts at the local mall. The dog man is real. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>